Hello and welcome to the Hash Rugby Chat podcast. I'm Paul, the guy behind Driving Mall, a website, podcast, Twitter account and YouTube channel bringing you the best in rugby predictions and opinion. Uh, don't forget to subscribe on your favourite podcasting app so we drop into your phone every single week. And also please leave a five-star review. Other stars are available, but why would you want to do that? If you'd like to watch what happens behind the covers, then the show's live on YouTube at 8pm New Zealand time every Tuesday, except for next week where it will be Wednesday because of Waitangi Day. Um, so there's always an exception. Uh, and if you are watching live, red box down below, please do subscribe. I have made my thousand followers, uh, subscribers, sorry, so I have kept my YouTube partner status. Um, but hey, uh, you wouldn't want to miss out on any future videos, would you? You can also join the discussion on our five questions via Twitter. Just follow at Driving More and look for the questions and use hash rugby chat. This week, we are talking about the Australia Conference, and uh, I have an expert with me this week, um, a man with years of experience in the podcasting industry uh, and uh, a prolific writer as well, Mr. Hugh Cavill. How are you doing, sir? Oh, I'm doing fantastically well. Thanks so much for having me on. Um, a, a real privilege. And uh, yeah, looking forward to talking a bit of rugby. I, I've got to say I've been, in, I've been in summer mode, I've been in cricket mode, but I think the sevens on the weekend triumphant for, for Australia in men's and women's has gotten me back in the, into the swing of it all and, and looking forward to continuing the Australian success through the year, which I'm sure is going to happen. <laughs> and uh, sorry, Hugh is from Green and Gold Rugby, and you had a great uh, interview on one of your podcasts with um, the Sevens uh, coach friend, wasn't it? I think it was. Um, so yeah, so you guys um, get in. Uh, so do get it. Do download the Green and Gold Rugby podcast. They do lots of stuff across Sevens and Fifteens. And also joining us um, from a bit further north, um, we have Shane in his red jersey. There, how are you doing, sir? Good, Paul. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Welcome back to um, to the podcast. Now, both these gents are very busy, and so I only have them for a short time. So we're going to rush through the questions tonight and straight into the first one then. Will the return of Pocock and Leofano help rookie coach McKella put the Brumbies top of the pile again? Hugh, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, look, it's it's interesting. I mean, the Brumbies uh, the, the, have been the dominant team in the Australian Conference for a few years now, and... and yeah, last year, I think a few people tipped them to fall away a little bit, losing a bit of star power in, in Matt Tamua, uh, Christian Lealifano as well, and and a few other guys. And and they, they didn't really, I mean, in what was a pretty lean year for the Australian Conference, the Brumbies were the clear standouts. Um, and they still managed to top the conference. And this year, you've got to say, you know, a, f a few big names coming back in, 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 in David Pocock and Christian Lealifano. The other guy coming in to watch is big icy Nicerani. Um, who they picked up from the Western Force and, and arguably the, the probably the most sought-after prospect from that team. Um, so you probably back the Brumbies to keep keep their form up and, and be really close to the top of the Australian Conference this year. I mean, you mentioned they've got a rookie coach, Dan McKellar, and he's been around that setup for a little while now, Stephen Larkham. So you'd think uh, it's a pretty natural succession and, and, and coming back into the, to the fold... Um, is also Laurie Fisher as an assistant coach, and, and some people might recall him. Uh, he was a co-head coach with Stephen Larkman, a previous head coach of the Brumbies. Very well-regarded coach, especially in the terms of the forwards and what he can do with the front row. So he's another big in for the Brumbies. And, and you've got to say that uh, with the amount of class I've got in that side, that they'll be pretty hard to shake. The, the, the key uh, point to note as well, though, is David Pocock um, is going in for some minor surgery um, to clear up a problem, um, I believe, with his knee. 
um, and that is expected to put him out six to eight weeks. So that's a huge blow for them um, coming into the start of the season. So, you know, that tempers the enthusiasm a little bit about the Brumbies. But um, in what looks to be, a, you know, as we'll go through this this uh, chat, looks to be a pretty interesting year for the Australian Conference, a little bit in flux given what happened uh, with going from five teams down to four. You'd have to say Brumbies are probably favourites. And um, just with the, the continuity and, and the amount of guys they've managed to hold on to and bring in a few big names, I think they're probably the best-looking team um, for 2018. Wow, already putting your, 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 your colours to the mast on who's going to be... be, be <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Waratahs fan, so, I mean, obviously I'll tip them always, but, uh, yeah. Well, I'd save that one for last for you, so, so you could go out with out with a bang. Uh, so, yeah, no, that's good. I mean, we, yeah, we have got guys on the chat, so um, Joshua and Jack both asking around uh, how long um, Pocock's out for, and, yeah, as you say, six to eight weeks, that is a blow for them. I was one of those saying last year was a rebuilding year because Stephen Moore obviously also left as well, but, they, yeah, as you say, they did... Um, they did upset me, or they did uh, prove me wrong last year. Um, now, Shane, we were talking before the before the show, and you mentioned that there's a, there's someone as good as gone from uh, has gone up to the um, to Reds to help them Carmichael Hunt issue. So, what do you? How do you see the the, the Brumbies and, and what's left? Are they are they are they looking uh, a going to same way as Hugh and saying top of the pile, or, or are they or a bit harder than that? The Brumbies are Australia's best side, and they will win the Australian Conference. I have no doubt about that although I'm not a betting man. But um, I think you'll find that the Brumbies are a team that just chip away and chip away and chip away. And they they won six, I think, out of the 15 games they played in the conference last year, as well as picked up bonus points when they lost. And it's always good to see a side that just is so competitive and they're Australia's best side for a reason. They, they, they will win the Australian Conference and they will play their style of rugby, which is a very old school style of rugby. But um, I think I think they'll be all right. And with Lily Afano and, and David Pocock back on board and, and, and Laurie Fisher, as you mentioned, back as an assistant coach, they've got the right structures there. Um, they're a side that, is just tradesman-like and that they'll keep going for the 80 minutes and be very competitive. And on the pitch, they've been good over the last couple of years. Off the pitch, a little bit more dysfunctional. I mean, obviously, you say Laurie Fisher was a co-head coach here before. He was head coach uh, at, um, uh, at Gloucester uh, underneath the director of rugby. How do you think he's going to cope as a as an assistant coach? Are we going to perhaps see a bit of a power battle in the coaching lineup, or do you think there will we'll have a bit of harmony there? Well, look, I don't know. I mean, my opinion on Laurie Fisher is that he's had a few cracks at head coach and it probably hasn't worked out for him. And, and, and you know, my opinion of him is he's best served as an assistant coach. Um, look, that could be, you know, he could still be ready for a, a shot at a, another coaching job down the track. But, look, I... I it's hard to know. I mean, he has served as an assistant coach before um, in a pretty, um, you know, in very capably uh, at the Brumbies. It'll be interesting to see. It'll be one of the points where points of, of focus through the early part of the season. I, I think they've managed to, you know, even 
in those co-head coaching days when it seemed to be a little bit chaotic, they still actually managed to put it together on the pitch. And and Canberra's just got a way about about uh, you know keeping the players focused on the game. And they've got a really cohesive team down there. They all live together and or live in a, a very um, similar part of Canberra. They all eat meals together. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons for success. So they've just got a really um, close unit that they've formed down there and, and the coaching systems are part of that. So, you know, I wouldn't expect there to be, be too many problems there, but but look, you never know, um, especially with guys coming in and out, you know, David Pocock especially, you know, um, a few new faces coming around taking old spots. You, you never know what might happen, but they, they, I, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't expect there to be many problems. Okay, yeah, I think we're going to see, see them as, as uh, Shane says. Yeah, picking up lots of uh, bonus points and, and chipping away. So, um, moving on now then to the uh, um, to the Eastern Force, or sorry, um, the Rebels, uh, with a new coach and seventeen players joining uh, the Rebels squad. Is there any hope of this anything more than being a rebuilding year um, for the Rebels? Shane, do you want to say first first crack at this one? They want to go far. They'll want to go as far as they can. Um, they they don't have any excuses with the Wallaby signings that they've got from the Western Force. Um, I think they'd be top two in the conference. I think um, they're certainly going to play a brand of very attacking rugby. Um, I just think, though, that when it comes down to the crunch, you're going to see the experience of sides like the Brumbies um, outperform perhaps the the class of the the attacking rebels, as I like to call them, given that they've made that many signings. Uh, so certainly, I would they would certainly have high hopes though of, of winning the conference, and their fans would. But it's it's really going to come down to what they've got on the pitch. And um, certainly it's going to be, well, it's going to be more than that. They're, they're going to have to perform a lot better than what they did against particularly the New Zealand sides um, than what some something like the Brumbies would do where they pick up bonus points and, and be very competitive. So, so I'm going to say the jury's out on that one at the moment. Um, oh dear me! Here we are, an opinion show, and we're sitting on the fence. Um, <laughs> the, the, um, the the big thing is, uh, well, for me, um, wasn't John Lance supposed to be going there? Um, I was listening to the, um, the the fancy rugby podcast, and they were talking about how they, there isn't really a guy there they can see who will drive, who will lead the the um, the rebels around the pitch from fly half. Is, is that really going to be their point of weakness? Thank you. Yeah, look, the rebels are the biggest. Um, question mark over the entire competition for mine. I mean, they could be anything. They could be fantastic and they could be dismal. Um, you know, they've got 17 new signings coming in. Most of those are from the Western Force. In fact, I'm pretty sure all of them are. Um, they've got the Western Force coach coming in. You know, they've already had some ructions um, early days between some of the old players like uh, James Hansen and, and obviously John Lance now moving away. Um, Nick Sturzacker and some of the old Rebels players that are seemingly being displaced by the Force guys. Um, you know, Dave Vessels is a really skilled coach. I'm a big fan of his, and it's going to take everything for him to get um, that team going through the season. Um, 
uh, as a cohesive unit because, I mean, they're pretty much the flip side of the Brumbies that we just talked about. They're just a whole – they've got no continuity. They're a whole new side. They've got some bloody fantastic players, and on paper their roster is the best roster the Rebels have ever had by a mile. So, I mean, if everything works out for them, they could easily be uh, uh, pushing for a finals berth. But, look, I think a more realistic hope is – eighth to tenth if they can crack the top ten i've never done that before um i think that'll be a, a success uh, viewed as a success going forward um your point about john lance is an interesting one i mean they've, they've got a, they've signed a guy called taylor adams who um domestic australian fans will know uh he was the catchpole medalist as the best player in sydney grade rugby he then played in the nrc um to a pretty high standard for the Sydney Rams, I believe, Rams or the Rays, one of the two, um, uh, and he's oh, and he's a really good player. He's a, Eagles, Eagles, correct. Sorry, Sorry. Um, but um, he is a really good prospect. He's a Kiwi, actually, um, but he seems to have um, pledged his allegiance to Australia, which we we like to see. Uh, joining the long line of Kiwi converts that we've managed to take over here. So look, if you can't beat him, join him. Um, uh, and so we're trying to steal as many Kiwis as possible, but that's to one side. Look, I, I, I'll be interested to see the Rebels this year. I think they've got a lot of upside. I, I think it might be a slow process, though, and you might only see them start to win um, big games towards the back end of the season. So I'm, I'm, I'd tip them for an eighth or ninth place finish. But, um, yeah, look, I mean, the Australian Conference, it's, it's a bit open this year, and, and if they can put it together, then then they've got a, a definite claim um, as, as being a competitor. Yeah, and looking at it, it could be like a basically forces forces forwards with the rebels backs with a Genia and uh, and and you say Adams. Yeah, Genia. I mean, yeah, didn't, even, the, um... didn't even mention Will Genia coming in. I mean, that's. I mean, they talk about all stars or an all star side. I mean, Genia will be the best player that they've ever had. You know, as soon as he walks on the field, Danny Cipriani was okay, but not 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 yet Genia's level. I was going to say, Danny Cipriani, O'Connor, and Curly Beal, all at the same time. <laughs> yes. That worked out wonderfully. The party boys become the main team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So, yeah, I was going to say, they've got quality in there, and I hopefully have a doctor. Yeah, we've got quality in there, and you know, they could do well. It's a matter of getting that culture right, and so don't, or don't argue. Heading off to, to, your, to the, the, the new joiners, um, in uh, the Sunwolves is Jamie Joseph uh, going to be able to handle being both the Japan and Sunwolves head coach with national duties take and will national duties take priority? How do you see them doing up there? Oh, well, do you want to? I'll kick off. Shane, you're um, look. Yeah. I, I I'm, I'm admittedly I'm a little bit um, a little bit blind on the Sunwolves. So I mean, if anyone else has got, um, you know, I defer to people that have been watching them a little bit close. So I mean, last year they were they. They in the first few rounds looked like they'd be just absolutely dire, but ended ended up coming good in the in the last sort of half of the season and, and played a couple of really good games. Um, and actually, you know, a couple of good ones in South Africa from memory as well. But look, uh, I, I don't know. They're, they're, they're always interesting to see what they put on the field week to week. The Sunwolves, and you've got to think Jamie Joseph, as a very skilled coach, should be good enough to do both jobs. Um, but both are really challenging geeks. So I don't know. I think the proof will be in the pudding. It's a bit like the Rebels. I'm, I'm, I'm unwilling to put a marker down on them until I've seen them for three or four weeks because they're just 
you know, such a question mark, and they've only been in the comp two years. So really, they they could be anything. They could be last last by a mile, but they could actually be now at that stage where they can push up for a higher higher berth, a bit like what the rebels are. Yeah, I think with the force, uh, sorry, not the force one. I think with the rebels and uh, some we'll see a bit like the force last year. Force sort of finished with a with a wet sail. They they they, they, uh, um, they didn't do so great for a couple of first couple ones, but they they pulled it together as they had time together. I think we're going to have to see that from the Sunwolves. Looking on the on Wikipedia for the number of transfers, um, it looks like 37 players have left and 22 players have joined the squad. So wow. it yeah, looks like it's, it's effectively a brand new team from scratch. Um, but when you look at sort of some of the players that they've been bringing in, they've gone overseas for a few more recruits this time than they have done before. Um, and they've actually brought in some... Uh, some um, uh, sort of a super rugby experience. We've got um, Leach is there now um, from obviously from the Chiefs. Uh, uh, Hayden Parker's gone over there um, from the, the Highlanders. Um, so they've, they've gone over to New Zealand to get a, get a bit of the sort of brain trust in the 8, 9, 10 region. Um, and uh, they've um, uh, and also brought in a, um, the, a, a hooker from Georgia, um, a South African prop and, a, and an Australian prop, and a, sorry, a New Zealand prop. So They've tried to kind of fill in those areas that perhaps uh, Japan has historically kind of struggled in um, with a bit of experience to help them, help them out. So possibly, but I just think it's going to take a while for these guys to gel because they have because it, it is such amount of turnover, um, and it's basically to me it's just an entirely new squad. Any, but um, but I think that's probably about as much as we're going to know about Japan because as you say we haven't been seeing a lot of players in there from. Play teams like Honda Heat and Cannon Cannon Eagles, who I've really never seen before. So there's going to be a lot of unknowns, which is exciting. But uh, I think that's, but it's not. So we're not going to know much about. And as we'll move swiftly on from that one, um, now Shane, this is your club here. The Reds recruitment has been mainly from Queensland club clubland, including Brad Thorne as head coach. Are they going to have the quality to compete? Well, firstly. I think all Australians would know this chant, Queenslander. Um, <laughs> Sean and Brad Thorne is a mighty Queenslander as well as a mighty All Black. Um, it has to be said for this Wallabies fan. But um, look, we're looking forward to having Aidan Toa come up as well from the Brumbies. Um, we're going to have a younger side. But we're going to have a side that I think is going to be continually learning some lessons. We're not going to set the conference on fire, um, uh, not by any standards, but we're, I think we're going to be learning more or less from, from each other. I think that's what Brad Thorne's going to play, is going to try and play a game where everyone in the team will know their role um, and it's going to be a two or three year thing um, uh, in terms of stepping up. But I think with the Reds, they seem to play well against some sides like the Blues and we seem to do well against the South African Conference. The key is going to be how do we perform against in terms of the eight other derbies, as well as, you know, we seem to be a hot and cold side. We play well for 60 minutes. The last 20 minutes are full of ill discipline and errors and, and things like that. So there's a lot of work to be done. Um, 
And and look, it's going to be a very interesting year for the Reds in terms of results. And I hope we can go eight from eight um, in our derbies. And I hope we can go um, eight from eight in our conference, um, cross-conference games. But it's not going to happen. Uh, there's a, but I trust in Brad Thorne. I think all Queenslanders trust in Brad Thorne. And uh, I think we'll, we'll learn some really good lessons about where the Reds stand at the end of the year. Hey, Hugh, we've got uh, Brad Thorne's coaching heritage or oh, coaching experience is, is with Queensland Country uh, in the NRC. He's brought in a bunch of players from the NRC, which is what I guess it's there for. But really, this is going to be this is a really inexperienced side, isn't it? Yeah, I think Shane has been pretty diplomatic there in the way that he was phrasing um, uh, yeah, some of his comments because, yeah, it's 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 a rebuilding year. I mean, they've got so much young talent coming through those Queensland systems. And, you know, locally we saw that in the NRC and even in the under-20s this year. I mean, they've got some really good young players um, that are in that system. And, and if we can see a few of those starting to come through this year, I mean, there's a lot of publicity around Quade Cooper being essentially shown the door. Um, we've seen Carmichael Hunt and his future is very much uncertain pending yet another court case. Um, you know, um, Nick Frisbee's also uh, left. Stephen Moore has um, gone to an early retirement, which, you, you know, you've got to wonder whether that was somewhat uh, forced by the club. So, you know, there's a huge generational shift in the side. And, and you know, I think it, it's going to be a lean year. They're going to come last in the Australian Conference. Um, that's, what, you know, what I predict anyway. And, and you know, you've just got to wonder where that who are the class players and, and, and their real leaders stepping up in that side. And, and on the face of it, you know, their depth is pretty limited and their, and their class is pretty limited. Now, I think Shane's right. It's a two, three-year project. Now, in years two and three, that could be a really good side. And, and you've got to wonder if they're trying to find that next Genia Cooper combination. It could be a guy like um, Moses Sarovi or James Tuttle. It could be um, a guy like Jake McIntyre. You know, um, the, 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 there's those names and those guys that are floating around that people, Australian rugby fans might not know in round one, but you hope by round 18, there'll be a little bit more of household names and, and, and pushing for those higher honours and, and, and gaining that valuable experience. So, you know, there's a few, there's enough quality in guys like Samu Karevi, um, Eto Nabuli, um, and some of the forwards, you know, the experienced forwards that are, that are there as well that can probably get that team um, in games, whether they've got the experience and whether they've got the class uh, in those key positions to finish it off is, is another question. But, yeah, I think if they can take, um, you know, seven or eight wins, that'll be a, that'll be a real achievement for them. And, and um, they'll be targeting some of those Australian conference games, I think, because that's where they think they can probably really compete. Now, I'm cheating because I've got the Wikipedia page open, but uh, Jake McIntyre went to Arjun, didn't he? So they've got another... Oh, there you go. I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm mixing him up. Um, the, the, the young 10 prospect coming out of coming out of um, Queensland who was... Um, I get their names mixed up. Hamish Stewart? Jake, Hamish Stewart. Hamish Stewart. Hamish Stewart. That's the one. Sorry. Um, McIntyre was, yes, the, uh, the, the previous iteration of, of the young 10 coming through. But nonetheless, Hamish Stewart, he's a really uh, encouraging prospect coming coming through as well. So, um, look, th there'll be a few young names coming up there that, that I think um, will be giving it a really good shake. And the other guy's Duncan Payuia, who we saw blooded in Wallaby Gold 
um, against the Barbarians at 10. And that'll be the other really interesting talking point. Are they playing him at 10, like Michael Checker seems to think is his best position? Are they playing him at 12, where it seems Queensland have always thought he works best? Um, and I think he's played a bit of 13 as well. So really, you know, could could play um, any number of positions. And that'll be one of the things that'll be interesting to see where Brad Thorne's uh, thoughts lie. Yeah, and Shane, as you mentioned that pre, pre-pod, when we were having a quick chat about this, that uh, about whether we'd see Paiula at, in the centres or at 10. Um, and I must, when, when I heard them losing Rod Simmons, I was thinking, wow, they've, they've lost up front as well. But with Kane Douglas, um, Roida and, um, and Tui, who are all now being capped by the Wallabies, um, they have got some, uh, the, the engine room is there at least for that pack, uh, as you say, to, to, um, uh, to, 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 to keep them in games. Is, is George Smith... The coming through. Is is George Smith there, or is he, or is he, is he locked up in locked up in Japan for beating up taxi drivers? <laughs> Can we, he spent nineteen days in a Japanese prison. How has this not become more of a talking point? He didn't even tell the Reds. They just wondered why he wasn't answering his texts for two for three weeks. Well, he got away with it. Jeez, that's a. You see, when you're when when you're a legend um, and you're loved by the, yeah. by the media, you get away with these kind of little things. Whereas. Um, last year, I've gone forgotten who it was who got dragged into a jail uh, for, um, uh, for, for, for 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 something on the Gold Coast um, prior to last season. Uh, one of their Lucy's did, I think. Oh, I Higginbottom. Think Higginbottom. Higginbottom. And that's uh, yeah, he got dragged through the press um, a little bit more than George Smith has done. Um, but they do seem to be a, uh, a, a yeah a bit off the rails um, sometimes. Uh, they do seem to pick up those those kind of players that, that have trouble with it, with with the law. Um, off the pitch, if not on the pitch, and that's exactly what one of the Shane's things. Was the Shane's things was that you, know, you thought their discipline on the pitch, um, and that uh, uh, the red, the, the cards or penalties, even like penalties, is, is one of the things that really has hurt them um, in previous seasons. Yeah, it has. Yeah, it has. And, um, and um, you only have to get to yeah, about minute sixty to minute eighty to know that you're going to concede seven penalties. <laughs> Um, most um, of them for hands in the rack, or, in the rack um, um, not rolling away, not and, rolling and those away sort of things. I think, sort of things. I think fitness is probably a key element to try and getting better results because better results that's where a lot of results lot last of year results slipped away for the Reds. And um, we could have had five or six wins instead of the four. So, so things so like things that. That are a key element to try and getting um, better results at the Reds as well as well making sure, sure that the, the conditioning of our players because the, you, you can tell the forwards look really tired and the backs run out of options when that happens and, and, and I think that's that's the thing that Queensland have to fix up. And, well, I, well, I'd be worried then because Brad Thorne was supposed to be the strength and conditioning coach last year, wasn't he? The... Um, but you, both of you guys have got to get away, and so I'm going to dash on to the last question. And I was amazed uh, that both of you went for the Brumbies topping the, the, the ladder because the Waratahs are the only side to keep their 2017 coach uh, in the Australia Conference. Um, will that and the least change squad put them top of the log? You're both reckoning no. Uh, Hugh, this is your team. <laughs> I don't know if he's, that's know. a positive that we've hung on to Daryl Gibson. I don't know. I think maybe ask me after five or six rounds because it might not be the genius decision that we thought it might have been. 
Um, um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting, interesting that he is similar in many ways to last year. You know, it's right through 1 to 15 international caps in the front row from Sakopi Kepu, Paddy Ryan, these type of guys. They brought in Rob Simmons, who's obviously a really experienced player. Michael Hooper is, pound for pound, probably Australia's best player. Bernard Foley, Ralph Curly Bell. I mean, they should win the Australian Conference. They perform they anything, perform like, anything they, like they, their ability on ability paper. On paper. But, but as we've learned from the task, the task that they, that they never play as well as they should. Um, and, and it's probably going to be another one of those years, years, I, think. I think. You know, they'll show flash, flash brilliance. Um, um, they might knock off one or two New Zealand teams in, in team, comfortable in style, but then they'll drop the game to the cheaters or... No, no, actually, the Chiefs don't exist anymore. anymore. <laughs> but, you know, they'll drop a game for them or a visiting South African side or, you know, they'll blow a game when they had a fit, have a 14-point lead in the last 10 minutes. I mean, that's, that's just, just the things the Waratahs do. And and I can't see that changing that in 2018. 2018. Um, but, but they've, they've got, got some really good young players. They've brought Curtis Rohner in from the Western Force. I think... Uh, they, they may be bringing in Ben McCalman. We're ben still not quite McCalman sure as to the, the, the status of that. The status of um, that. He's still yet um, to be signed to a, uh, a, a, a another Australian side. So there's some real potential in this side. And as I say, they play to that potential can really contender. But last year was a disappointing year and... And, you know, the, the no, word coming out of pre-season training is they're doing a lot more fitness work and they're, work and and, they're, and they're making a lot of noise about how they're learning the lessons and learning the plans and they've they brought in two new assistant coaches, including Simon Cross, who's a coach that we're in the 20s. So, you know, there's some good things happening there, but, you know, will it on the will I'm not convinced yet and I'm not yeah, probably won't believe it till it's there. So, but that's just a, a cynical old warrior. That's just a cynical old warrior. And, um, and, um, and they'll, they'll be good, but uh, uh, they'll, they'll be good, but uh, I don't think they'll be to the level of being Because the only two names I thought they, they've, they've, lot, they've, they've left that they might miss are Dean Mum and Will Skelton. Everybody else looks like uh, they're pretty much the people that left aren't really names I think they'll miss. Um, as long as they've got a good long rope to do their training with. Um, yes, that's right. Yes, that's right. <laughs> the ropes, the ropes actually the ropes, been bought, upgraded to full contract status. Full contract status. So it's good to say that uh, someone's been performing well in preseason. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> um, Shane, you said this was this prior to the podium. We were like, I'm, I'm, I'm gunning for the Reds and the Waratahs. Questions? Can't, what, what, what was it about, about the Waratahs that you want to now, now put the boot in? Sorry, Hugh. Sorry, Hugh. <laughs> <laughs> Far away. They can be very frustrating to watch. With the the amount of wallaby talent, wallaby talent, and they, 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 they certainly gain, gain that they're going to produce going results, to produce this, results year. this year. Like like you, like you, I'm actually sitting on the fence. So on the fence. I really so don't really know where the tars are going to. Go this year, but uh, I think it, I think it, it all depends on their attitude and how they're going to approach every game. And and I think they've just got to go out there and just play rugby. I, I do I do trust that round is always a reasonable gauge of how they're going. This time they don't have the derby. The first game they got this year is against the Stormers. 
now they have to be switched on from round one. On There's going to have to be no excuses, no excuses and they're going to have to, going to, have to just turn up because they because have enough, no they one have to blame no one themselves to blame for the results that have happened over the last two years. And, they, and, they, and they've, they've got, got no excuse if the results, results turn um, airy this year. And it might result in a, a change of coach and you could see Simon Cron coaching them next year, which wouldn't be a bad thing. Did I lay the boot in far enough? <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think I if think they reach uh, 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 a few uh, early games, early games, there'll be a long line of people there, there to put the boot in as well. Oh dear! Um, so it sounds like Simon Cron is is is, is the man uh, who's uh, who's on the up um, there. Anyway, uh, I'll say it. they've only lost two players. I reckon recognise names. I think they should be settled. They should hit the ground running, um, and, and if they don't, then I think they'll be in real trouble. Um, to be to be honest. So guys. Um, I don't know if you've got a couple of minutes more or, or, um, or, or, or if we need to wrap things up. If you've got a couple of minutes more, there's just uh, so obviously the sevens guys did. Um, Hugh, were you there? Did you actually get down to, to watch it? I really wanted to, but um, unfortunately, I was up in Port Stevens, up the coast, uh, here for the long weekend, which I know was, it was a bit of frustrating, especially because it was such a great weekend for us. Um, it was, yeah. and I think we, we really should point out for those that don't listen, is that the, the it was a great weekend for the women, especially. They went through the entire tournament and didn't give up any points at all. They won all their games to nil, which is just crazy. So, coming over to Ham coming over to Hamilton next weekend, uh, do you think your girls and boys can do it again? Well, I don't think there is a women's tournament next next week. Oh, there isn't. Sorry, uh, no, I think you're right. It's just no, the men's, and I mean that was another. I mean that was. I mean that was. In, in many ways, in the, women ways are, the women are the gold standard in, in women's sevens. But our men have been our men have been for many years haven't won a tournament since 2012, I believe. I believe. So, so to come out and do that and beat that Lutzbach in its final final twenty nine, we like that. like that. Um, amazing um, to amazing see, and I didn't expect, and I don't think anyone did. Anyone did. Um, to, so, so it, it was, it was, it really encouraging. Really we've got a couple, we've got a couple great prospects coming prospects through there. In, um, I think Tom O'Donnell's um, one, and, um, and um, Morris Long Morris another. So it's great so to see us uncovering new talent in our men's side as well. Yeah, they 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 trashed my Super Brew predictions by by winning it. I'll be honest. I yeah, I had the blitz box down to win that one. Well. So from, from before the tournament started, really, they are they, they are the class act to beat. Uh, so um, so yeah. Unfortunately, I'm not making the Six Nations next weekend. Again, it's a long weekend, so I'll be up in Auckland um, next weekend. But um, but yeah. Um, so thank you very much, guys, for joining me. I'll let you uh, get away to your dinners. Um, so Hugh, let people know where they can get uh, your your wonderful insights um, <laughs> most weeks. I don't know about wonderful, know about but, wonderful um, but yeah, um, with Green and Gold Rugby podcast, we're back probably. One or two weeks, or two weeks. Um, um, and, um, and Twitter's um, my, my uh, handle, uh, at Hugh Cavill, H-U-G-H-C-A-V-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-
uh, if you're um, on YouTube, so do forget to subscribe um, down there as well. Um, next week, it'll be on a Wednesday, and we'll be covering the New Zealand conference. So I'll have Mike back um, for Mike Pullman back for that one, um, as well as I think Ashwin, um, who is a fellow uh, Blues supporter from the West End um, up there as well, to, to, to go over the, the, West, the, the, the New Zealand conference and uh, go through each team. And then the week after that, we'll be back to normal on a Tuesday as well. So don't forget, also this weekend, the Six Nations are kicking off. Um, so you can check the YouTube channel for predictions and a preview all about that as well. Um, there is just too much rugby going on uh, as always. Thanks for joining us and catch you all next week.